What's up, guys? Max here, back with a brand new episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I hope you're all doing great out there. Wherever you are, wherever you're doing, especially, I want to give an especial thank you to the podcast listeners who I know are out there listening to these streams, enjoying the commentary from the chat without getting to participate. You're all rock stars out there. Harry Lion Pie and Ian, Ancient Neophyte in the chat. I have a great episode. Everyone knows who hasn't checked in yet. Let me know that you're out there. Give me a signal. Give me a sign. Give me a little comment to let me know that you're out there. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Eviana, what's up? Happy Labor Day. I hope everybody had a great holiday weekend. If you haven't already had a chance to check out my review of Stu Scheller's new book, Crisis of Command, it went live last night at midnight as soon as book sales became available. You can go pick that book up today if you want to. Crisis of Command, Stu Scheller's book, is pretty incredible. The stuff that comes to light out there, the revelations made in there, and the fact that that could happen in any justice system, but then let alone a military justice system. It's more shocking because military justice system is a relatively closed loop. You know, you could, they can decide what to and not to prosecute, what problems to have just go away or not have at all. Um, and yet they pursue charges in seemingly unbelievable, remarkable situations where none should be brought against people who are heroic members of the military. It happens all the time. We just heard Fred Galvin last week and A Few Bad Men. And if you guys haven't picked up that book, that's another one. A perfect example of the military justice system being completely corrupted. It makes no sense to me. Boggles my mind. One day this week, let's say it's probably going to be Thursday. I'm going to spend the whole day doing a spoiler review. A spoiler review of Crisis of Command. So brace yourself before uh, before that comes out. Maybe grab a copy of it. If you want to hear my thoughts on the entirety of that book, we'll do a, a, a you know fireside chat, if you will, about the contents of it. H now, what's up? I hope everybody out there is living their best life, enjoying their Scuttlebutt Show merch. Available at scuttlebuttshow.com. You can get a discount if you're a member or a patron of this channel as well. Just as a reminder, all this stuff is uh absolutely top quality, top tier, all that. You guys know if you already have some of it, it is uh it's good stuff and designed by me. Enough said there. Today's show is full of awesome, awesome, awesome stories. Uh, I've got, do you guys remember, we had a story a few months ago about a dentist. There was a dentist who was leaving work one day when he was shot and killed by a fellow veteran. And the part of the trial, the ongoing trial was at the trial, the motive will be revealed in exchange for a reduction of the charges from first degree murder to second degree murder, murder, carrying a maximum sentence of 40 years. Okay. Well, that trial has gone down and we have the motive. We have the reason why he did it. And we're going to talk about it later on in today's show. We've got crime. We've got horror. We've got a, a movie trailer for an upcoming World War I film coming out that I just dropped. And we're going to talk about that. It is a jam-packed good-to-go episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. And I'm going to get you guys started off with just a story that when I read the headline, I couldn't help but giggle because this is just a straight G right here. And, you know, respect. You know, real recognize real. You know what I'm saying? According to police, Fat Leonard, Fat Leonard, the man who bribed military ships to get preferential treatment for his company, is on the loose in San Diego amidst the trial, the Fat Leonard bribery and corruption trial, one of the greatest scandals to hit the U.S. Navy ever. 
has broken out of house arrest and is at large in San Diego. The military contractor who pled guilty to orchestrating the Fat Leonard corruption scandal was under house arrest in San Diego, but is now on the run after cutting off his GPS monitoring ankle bracelet over the weekend. Unbelievable, Fat Leonard. This dude likes to party, and he said, you know what? I'm in San Diego. He's dying of kidney failure. He's probably at Deja Vu or Pure Platinum or something like that. You guys know where he's probably at. He's probably at one of the strip clubs right out of MCRD. Supervisory Deputy U.S. Marshal Omar Castillo said Leonard uh, Leonard Glenn Francis, which is his full name, removed the tracker Sunday after police officers found Francis's home empty. The San Diego Regional Fugitive Task Force and Naval Criminal Investigative Service, that's NCIS, began a high-profile search. Castillo said neighbors witnessed U-Haul trucks moving stuff uh, to and from Francis's home in the days before his escape. He was arrested in San Diego in 2013. He was lured here for some kind of party event, and then he was arrested when he got here. His company is charged with overcharging the Navy by approximately $35 million, but also providing admirals, Navy captains and admirals and commanders with drugs, alcohol, prostitutes, and other, you know, just over-the-top bribes in exchange for them doing business with him. France has been on house arrest since 2018 under the supervision of a federal agency that monitors defendants who are out of custody until sentencing. He was set to be sentenced at the end of the month. His attorney declined to comment to the Union Tribune. So look out for an old Malaysian dude who is uh, just having probably burning it down out there on the streets of San Diego. This is a wild one, you guys. Be safe out there in San Diego. Fat Leonard is on the loose. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comments section. Another example of military justice being just just a joke. You've got Navy captains, admirals, and commanders spending millions of the Navy's dollars, giving out operational security secrets and more, and uh, most of them got away with a slap on the wrist. AN, $2 Super Chat, thank you so much. Excellent review yesterday. Thank you. I would love to hear from you if you listen to the Scuttlebutt Show and you pick up a copy of Stu Scheller's book. I want to hear from you and what you think of it. I'm really curious. Please tell me, please send me your thoughts on Crisis of Command after reading it. I really want to know what you think. Crisis of Command, the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice, quite often gets subverted, worked around, people getting away with things they shouldn't be getting away with, people getting charged with things they shouldn't be getting charged with. Though it seems on the Scuttlebutt show here, we find ourselves... Frequently talking about one common crime. One crime that seems, or one category of crime, I should say, that pops up on this show more than any other. And it is sex crimes. And this next story is one that we uh, unfortunately find ourselves talking about more often than I'm comfortable with. Marine recruiter facing four sex crimes charges. You're not going to like where this one goes. Marine recruiter. Oh, God. The recruiters, all the power they have over those deputies, those future service members, that's a power position. It's like being an instructor. It's like being a drill instructor. You know, when I say instructor, the first time I meant like teacher at a schoolhouse. You could be a drill instructor, recruiter, something like that. You have power over people who are relatively helpless, and in that situation, oftentimes are not able to legally consent. But it gets worse, way worse for this guy. We're not just talking about regular uh, crimes of that nature. We're talking about ones involving the young. 
A Clarksville-based U.S. Marine Corps recruiter is facing four sex crimes charges. According to the court records, 24-year-old Stephen Robinson is charged with one count of child seduction, which is a level five felony, two counts of level six possession of child content, and one misdemeanor of false informing. We're going to talk about all that. Jefferson police said in a probable cause affidavit they were called to a hotel August 16th where they found Robinson and a minor engaging in activities that they shouldn't have. Oh, God. Officers said at first they had determined it was consensual, but were tipped off that Robinson might be a USMC recruiter. So they thought, oh, here's just two people, you know, who are, you know, together somehow. Um, it's, it's, it's a consensual, equal footing relationship. But somebody said, hey, this dude's like a Marine and he's a recruiter and he's got influence. When asked if he was a recruiter or involved with any branches of the U.S. military, Robinson said no violating honor, courage, and commitment with a lie. Officers allowed Robinson and the minor, along with the guardians, to leave the scene. So the guardians had come. They had apparently had some kind of idea of what was going on. At that point, a Jeffersonville police detective said they had received a call from officers on scene who told them Robinson was a Marine recruiter in the office where the minor attends training, which Detective Jay Herring wrote qualifies for child seduction charge under Indiana law. That's because, like I was kind of just hinting at, when you are in a position of authority over somebody, all everything changes with consent. If you have a position of authority over somebody, consent changes. Oftentimes, is impossible, especially notwithstanding that we're talking about a minor here who is, you know, apparently a deputy, a future marine potentially could be another branch service, but uh, potentially a deputy, and uh, and that is totally inappropriate. They ended up confiscating his electronic devices and asked a judge for a search warrant to investigate them. Police said Robinson initially tried to hide that he was with the minor and tried to prevent them from having contact with the minor. He also was accused of telling the minor to lie about how they met and their identity and deny he was a recruiter. So he's doing a cover up as well. Officers also found text messages between the minor and Robinson that they say indicated he wanted the minor to lie if they ever got caught. So he are so, you know, the significance of that being, of course, that. He knew what he was doing was wrong. If you didn't think what you were doing was wrong, you wouldn't pre-stage the cover-up. <laughs> no brainer there. According to the probable cause affidavit, the Department of Children's Services determined that Robinson used common tactics to groom the minor. They searched his cell and they found evidence that Robinson used his position of authority as a recruiter over the minor. They also noted that he didn't use his USMC issued cell phone, but instead his personal one to contact various high school students. Oh God. Robinson was in court Wednesday. He entered his cash bond, but is due back in court later this month. So we will maybe find out more information there. But hey, if you got kids joining the military, if you got kids, uh, you know, thinking about in high school age, hanging around with recruiters, they're going to their delayed entry program events and stuff like that. It's sad to say, but you can't even trust somebody in uniform nowadays alone with your kids. You can't trust anybody alone with your kids. That's the fact of the matter. Uh, even though the odds of you becoming this family are low. They're never zero, and you never want to be that person. So please be considerate of who you're letting your kids hang around with, especially uh, at at places where the person that they're hanging out with, the, the person in charge, has this kind of authoritative leadership role because that person can really exploit that for nefarious causes. I think we've seen enough of that to know that that's true. So let me know what you guys think about that in the comments section. That's where it goes down at. That's where it goes down. That interesting comment section thing happening over in uh in my TikTok where I posted the story about that missing 240, that missing 240 with the uh um uh 
out in Fort Irwin. I posted that TikTok and people started telling me all, I, I love the comments to say, obviously you never served or else you would know that we lose guns all the time. I'm like, what kind of comment is that? What unit are you with that uh, that loses weapons so frequently that this is just run of the like everyday business for you? It's just you wouldn't even think twice. Lose a machine gun, who cares? I said that the 240 weighs like 40 pounds and it's like four feet long, and I stand by that. People were quick to point out that the 240 empty weighs 27 pounds. Yeah, but you know what the ammo, you know what the 7.62 rounds on that thing weigh when they're linked up? You know what the PEC weighs? You know what the optics weigh? Thing starts to add up quick. 40 pounds, no problem. 40 pounds, no problem. And it's like 49 inches long or something like that. So I stand by everything that I said. People in the comments section on TikTok are losing their minds over that video. Oh my God. Harry Line Pie says, Max, you better check your closet for that Leonard guy. Oh God, that's a scary thought. Ancient Neophyte says, not in A2. Second Mardiv, they don't. Yeah, I don't know anybody who just casually loses guns every day, although we have had stories of hundreds of guns going missing from armories. But when you're out on op and you lose a peck, a radio, a weapon, an optic, a, a night vision device, no, you don't just casually lose those things. No, that's not doesn't sound right at all. <sighs> you know, Stu Scheller's book came out this week, came out today, actually, at the recording of this episode. There are serious concerns in the ranks of military leadership having lost its way. Bureaucracy and politics invading the ranks, superseding what is best for the service member. You don't have to look far to find evidence of this. I'm going to go into this next story and rock your guys' worlds. Air Force colonel on video, stop hiring middle-aged white dudes, because I guess you can just say that. I guess you can just say that now, and it's uh, and you you expect a round of applause, right? You expect a, 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 a boisterous round of applause for your racism. A video resurfaced last week of a U.S. Air Force colonel giving his advice to stop hiring middle-aged white people, especially dudes. So we're going to watch that clip here really quick. I've got it for you right here. It's a real thing. It is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, let's watch it really quick, and then we'll talk about what I think about this. Uh, brace yourself. This is kind of sick stuff right here. And, uh, you know, uh, the, only, the only really guidance I put out there for them to consider is stop hiring middle-aged white people, especially dudes that are pilots, because, honestly, we all think alike too much. And if we're going to be preaching diversity and being inclusive, and for crying out loud, let's back it up with a, you know, let's make the rhetoric meet the reality. So, you know, he says that there's this old expression that they're saying the quiet part out loud. I I believe, I guess I'm a, a, a real classical guy. I guess I'm a, a old school dude where if you replace one race with another in a sentence and that would make it wrong, you shouldn't say it. Uh, and I don't think that that's a tough concept right there. But if he had said, stop hiring middle-aged and then insert any other thing and then say, if instead of men, he said women, uh, that would have been, he would have been fired. He would have been instantly fired. He would have been just castrated in front of the country, basically. Uh, he would be all over the news 
for all the wrong reasons, and he would be uh, just an absolute lunatic, according to the media. This is the reason that the military is going to fail. But now he's saying really the quiet part out loud. He says, if we're going to be all about equity and diversity and inclusivity, I don't think he said equity, but that's the program is diversity, equity, and inclusivity. Then stop hiring white people. Not a meritocracy, not the best person for the job, not promoting based on skill, qualifications, and experience, but based on what you look like and, uh, and where you're from. It doesn't take a genius to see what all the problems with that are. And, and I just want to go back to this clip real quick and point out one other thing. And, uh, you know, uh, the, only, the only really guidance I've cut out there for him to consider is stop hiring middle-aged white people. He thinks that's his drop the mic moment. Like he's going to say that and just the crowd goes crazy, folks. The crowd goes absolutely bananas. He said it. He's he hates white people. What could be more heroic and courageous than expressing your racism? That's what makes you today, sir, the scuttlebutt show clown of the day. You, in fact, are our clown of the day with that comment right there. You earned it. Really, you did. Out there for him to consider is stop hiring middle-aged white people, especially dudes that are pilots, because... So that's his one piece of advice that he would give out to the United States of America. I, I should point out now, uh, sexual assaults in the military are up about 21% year over year. Um, we've got readiness at, at what seems like an all-time low. Recruiting is in the dumps. Army's going to miss their manning by about 10,000. The Air Force recently said they're going to just let people start coming in, even if they've been doing drugs and uh, and crime. Just come on in. We're going to start waiving drug uh, uh, urinalysis failures and all that stuff. And this is what is this is what gets celebrated he thinks that he says that, drop the mic, he's ready to promote to the next rank. That's exactly, exactly the expectation that he was going to have. Now, it didn't go far, though. This clip was grabbed from Dan Crenshaw recently. Though it's from February, Dan Crenshaw says, it was just sent to me by someone who's concerned about the woke gender and racial ideology being turned into policy by our military leadership. We don't know everything about this clip, but it seems this Air Force colonel in uniform is basically saying be racist and sexist when recruiting. I'd welcome and expect an explanation from the Air Force. Is this an acceptable statement from a leader, especially as the military struggles to recruit? Investigating wokeism in our military will be part of our oversight list when the Republicans take back the House in November. All you have to do is just not do that. Just don't be openly hateful towards people based on how they look. It shouldn't be celebrated. It's not okay to do whatever. It shouldn't be okay to do it there either. And that's what makes that guy the scuttlebutt show clown of the day. Colonel Mark Wooten, of course, soon to be uh, Brigadier General Wooten, for, without any question, uh, he will definitely be getting promoted because he jumps on the political bandwagon. Whatever's popular in the moment, not whatever your core values dictate, not whatever you stand for as a person, just whatever's popular at the moment, jump on the bandwagon. Ignore the fact that you made it to 06 and you're probably going to go on to 07. Forget it. Just uh, enjoy it. You know, all good. All good. You got all that. And now, now it's time to change. There you go. That's perfect. So that's your Scuttlebutt Show Clown of the Day. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comments section. Can't wait to hear that one. Can't wait. Can't wait to hear that one. Oh my gosh. H-Nah, clown faces. One gram of Sam, what's up? 
Uh, Kitty Steele, what's up? MC, what's up? Great to have MC in the chat. That is always a pleasure. Robert Mingle says, that'll really solve your retention and recruitment crisis too. Expect to get promoted very soon. Absolutely. Harry Lyon Pie says, worked at Walmart for years, never lost a gun. Isn't that something? Isn't that something that Walmart can uh, can maintain all of their inventory of guns and the army can't? That is something for sure to be to be noted. Put a check in the box. Definitely there. I got to I got to say um, that you get stories like that last one and you get all this politics and these rhetorics and people feel strongly about these issues. I get it. I do. I'm not going to say I don't get it. I get it. The military has a long and sordid history with racism in the ranks. Look at what happened with Charles Jackson French as one example. Go read Devotion about Jesse Brown. They're making a movie about it. Talk about what it was like to serve as a black person, a woman, uh, Asian person, anybody really back in the day when our grandparents would have served. At the time, our grandparents would have been in the military. And it's all of a sudden not looking so good. And that didn't really get any better until, well, look, we even got problems in the in Vietnam. We got problems today. We've got problems today. The answer, of course, is not doing it back. Two wrongs don't make a right. It's like you turn the other cheek and they slap it. So now both cheeks are just slapped up. But I get it. I get why people feel that way. I get why people feel or can be made to feel like strong action needs to be taken. There's no question that there are issues. I just don't see the real issues. I don't see the real bad people getting the limelight in, in a bad way. I guess getting the spotlight, I guess, would be a better way to put it. I don't see the actual bad guys getting the spotlight. There's all this distraction. There's all this deflection. There's all this, you know, uh, uh, straw man. A lot of straw man. So look no further than this uh, next story coming out of a piece from Rolling Stone where all you need is this story to emp- at least let's empathize. Let's try to be understanding people of why these problems exist in the first place. They're not out of nowhere, although they do get twisted and all that stuff. I'll get off my soapbox here. Although these things do get twisted, it's not like there is no problem ever. There are extremists in the military. There are There's hate groups in the military. There's hatred in the military. There's no question that those small pockets of people do exist. We've talked about them on this show. Ethan Melzer. Go look up Ethan Melzer on my channel. Go look it up. I'm telling you, that's insane. But... We've got something just as bad to talk about here. Extremist who said he joined the army to kill people of color has been discharged, at least. But not even for the reason you might think, not even because of that. Killian, this story is crazy. Killian McKeith Ryan, 21 years old, is facing federal charges for lying on an official form. So that's what they got him for. They got him for lying on his SF-86, basically, and uncovered this horrible thing that he was up to. 
The Department of Justice is prosecuting a self-identifying white supremacist former soldier who engaged in violent and racist online communications after he lied on an official form, according to court documents related to this investigation. 21-year-old Killian McKeith Ryan's criminal charges are unrelated to his online activity. Federal prosecutors detailed in their complaint much of what they found during their probe. So the important thing to remember here, which blows my mind, is he's not getting kicked out because of these quotes that I'm about to read you, which trigger warning are quite disturbing, but because he lied on his form. They found messages sent through Instagram, which explicitly stated Ryan's intent to use his combat training to kill, and this is from the article here, kill black people. It says here, I serve, this is a quote from Ryan, I serve for combat experience, so I'm more proficient in killing N-words, wrote Ryan who had been stationed in North Carolina in an Instagram message uncovered during the investigation. That is terrifying. That is truly terrifying stuff. Th that quote right there is, I mean, it, it sends shivers down my spine that this person was in the army. He was let go from the Army's 82nd Airborne for misconduct, was arrested for allegedly claiming that he had not seen his biological father in about a decade on his application for a security clearance. So he's applying for his SF-86 and lied, and that's what he ended up getting busted for, and they uncover all this stuff as a result. It was later uncovered that the father and son were in contact and communicated on Instagram, a platform where both engaged with accounts associated with racially motivated extremism. Ryan's father also attended his high school graduation. Lying on the application is a violation that typically results in loss of clearance or firing, but usually not prosecution. I think it's the, 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 the more that they uncovered here gets worse and worse and worse. And they had to take the most action that they could in order to get this guy out of the army. One of two things happened. Either the government is taking a much stronger position on racist white nationalist extremists if they find them within the government or something else happened where this individual really aggravated somebody personally. Uh, I don't think uh, he really aggravated me personally. Let's just uh, let's I, I'm, I'm pressing charges for being aggravated personally. Ryan allegedly used the email address. Get this. Are you guys ready for this? The email address that he used Nazi ace 1488, which I would only be personally. I would only be able to understand Nazi there, but there's more to the to the numbers that he chose as well. So that's the email address that he used to register his Instagram account, which I'm shocked that that doesn't come up with some red flags for Instagram, and kept in contact with numerous accounts associated with racially motivated extremism per an affidavit filed by the Fayetteville police officer assigned to the FBI's local joint terrorism task force. Wow. According to the Anti-Defamation League, 14 and 88 are two numbers closely associated with white supremacist groups due to a speech titled 14 Word Speech by white supremacist David Lane and the phrase Heil Hitler, in which both words begin with H, the eighth letter of the alphabet, 8-8. Ryan was arrested for charges on August 26. No court date's been included in the report. Ah. So we'll have to, allegedly, all of this is allegedly, I guess I have to say, but that is an absolutely despicable, shocking thing to be accused of. And then you find out that your battle buddy is this guy. And you know there's going to be a lot of uh, other, other than white people in his unit who are going to feel not so good about their battle buddies after this. This is going to have everybody kind of side-eyeing each other. You know what I mean? Like giving a little, uh, I don't know, man. Remember Ryan? Ryan was your friend. Are you like that? No, I man, I didn't know Ryan was like that. Oh, sure you didn't. Sure you didn't. This is the kind of thing that can shake up 
an entire command or an entire branch of the military. This is one of the worst things that I've ever heard. This is not, maybe not as bad as Ethan Melzer, Melzner. Maybe he's he's like, mm, two, on a scale of 1 to 10, he's Ethan Melzner's 10. This guy's like 8. Because this guy is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, wa- a giant threat walking around. I can't think of a of a more tickier time bomb than this guy who now has been found out. Look at his look at his intent that he's expressing through his messages, including with his father and online where people do get radicalized all the time online, happens all the time. And now he's getting kicked out of the army, he's been found out, he's going to be prosecuted and he's he's going to feel like people are after him. So if there was ever a time that he would strike, it, it seems like it'd be now. So I hope people are keeping close a close eye on him. This is like, you know, if 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 I was in charge for a day and people want to argue about red flag laws and weapons, I'd be like, well, here, how about this guy? How about we stop this guy from going to the store and buying a gun? Maybe we don't need to preserve his Second Amendment, even though he served in the military. Now he's a, hopefully going to be a convicted felon after the trial goes, if all this turns out to be true. If all this turns out to be true and he goes for his trial, hopefully he ends up a convicted felon and can't go out and get a weapon legally, at least because of his status. And I won't feel bad about that at all. I won't lose one wink of sleep. But you let me know what you guys think about that in the comments section. I am curious to hear it. Really sick story here. Really sick stuff. So the next time somebody's talking about an extremism in the military, instead of getting, I know a lot of people in the audience might get very defensive about that, but instead of getting totally defensive, maybe, you know, continue the conversation to understand what they mean. Maybe they're talking about this guy. Maybe they heard about this on the news. All right. Well, what am I, what are you going to say to that? What are you going to say? Ah, forget that. It's just one guy. I wouldn't say, I would never say that. Like, no, that's a serious problem. That's a serious problem. Tell me there was no warning signs of that kind of thing. Had to be found out because of his SF-86, which is a miracle that those people who do your SF-86 investigations figured anything out. I feel like we just got lucky with this one. So yeah. Anyway, let me know in the comments what you think about that. Good thing they found this guy. Glad to see that he's not in the Army anymore, disgracing the 82nd Airborne and the United States Army reputation, although a lot of people are doing that lately. <sighs> I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave that one there. Can't talk. Can't even do that one anymore. Can't even do that. Sam says, so weird he identifies as a Nazi and served in the 82nd. Doesn't he know their history? Yeah, interesting. With World War II. Yeah, maybe not. This guy is sick. We would all be aggravated, Harry Lyon Pie says. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Not good. Robert Mingle said, when we hear when we start hearing about basic training being optional, the empire will truly be lost. Funny you say that because uh we have had that story on the show before. About Marine Corps, uh about Marine Corps um boot camp becoming optional for uh like cybersecurity people. We've already talked about that. Harry Lime Pie gifting a membership to John Franco. Amazing. Thank you, Harry. Amazing. I love that. I love that everyone, th- thanks to Harry, pretty much everyone in the chat now is a member or patron. Everyone in the chat is a member or on Patreon. And nothing brings greater joy to my little scuttlebutt heart. All my scuttle buddies out there. I love it. If you're listening on the podcast, I would love to get some podcast listeners up on Patreon. Link in the description, wherever you're watching this episode or listening to this episode, 
Link in the description. You can go check that out and uh, and you can become a patron or whatever you want to do. It's up to you. But I would love that. We're going to lighten it up a little bit. Then we're going to get serious. Then we're going to lighten it up and then we're going to get serious. All right. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to keep, I'm going to, I'm just on, a, I'm taking you guys on an emotional roller coaster. Okay. And this is like whiplash or the Batman ride. Like this is a real wild ride. Because after that story, I've got a, uh, I've got one that's funny and sad and like happy and, and upsetting at the same time. I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Fort Carson soldier booted after stealing camper from first sergeant. <laughs> uh, not all heroes wear capes. There's nothing like feeling the wind in your high and tight during a joyride and a 70,000 plus camper to make you feel alive. Unless, of course, it ends with your expulsion from the U.S. Army. This article from Military Times says that's what happened to one Army specialist stationed near Fort Carson, Colorado, who was found guilty of partnering with a private first class to steal a Keystone 358 camper. I know there's whoever the camper people out there are. Let me know. Is that a nice one? The military judge that tried the case under Article 121 of the UCMJ found that the pair lifted the mobile home from their unit's first sergeant. <laughs> it's like stealing the keys to dad's car. The case's proceedings note that the specialist did at or near Fort Carson, Colorado on or about 25 March 2021 conspire with private first class name redacted to commit an offense under the UCMJ to wit larceny of a Keystone 358 camper. The specialist did plead not guilty. So it's ongoing there. And while the motivations and circumstances for the theft are not listed in the documents after the trial, the presiding military judge recommended separation without the addition of civilian felony charges. Golly, I want to know more. I recommend that the convening authority suspend the sentence of a bad conduct discharge and consider administrative separation in the, of the accused in lieu of allowing felony conviction to stand. So it's getting complicated with the, the charges that they're putting them on. Based on the evidence presented during the trial, I conclude that specialist name redacted is a young soldier who was otherwise a good duty performer and made an incredibly poor decision without fully appreciating the negative repercussions that could follow for the rest of his life. Hey, I'll tell you what. I imagine that someone who knows this guy or this guy himself is going to see this on TikTok. Reach out to me. We can talk privately or publicly, whatever you want. I would love to know more information about who you are, why you did this, what you were thinking, what kind of first sergeant this was. Please, if you are this guy or if you know this guy, put them in touch with me, the show at gmail.com, right in the comments section, whatever you want. I need to know what, what, just what. Please, just, to, I gotta know. I gotta know. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comments section. Oh, man. Oh, man. Max, did you find the name of that winery in Cap Paso Robles? Oh, my God. No, I didn't. I was thinking about it this weekend too. Oh, I will. I will find it. There's a wine. If you guys are not familiar with what we're talking about, there is a winery up in Paso Robles that is veteran owned and operated. And we did a podcast with them. It was a really good episode. We had a really good time. And it's uh, the guy is a Navy, Navy pilot who owns it. Retired. And, uh, and I'll, I'll find that. I'll, I'll get that ready for tomorrow. Hit me up on Instagram to remind me. One Graham Sam says he's going to hire the Island Boys to book apologies for him. I'm an Island Boy. I didn't steal your camper. I'm an Island Boy. Just trying to go camping. That was my Island Boy impression. I'm an Island Boy. I'm just trying to go camping. How do you guys like them apples? 
pretty good. Pretty good. Not bad. Not bad at all. So, um, unfortunately, tragically, really, months ago, probably six months ago, we had a, uh, a story about a dentist, um, a dentist who was just living his life, a good life, retired from the Air Force. And then for, for reasons unknown, someone came up and, uh, and killed him. The family wanted answers, and now we all have answers. Here we go. Veteran who killed Air Force veteran dentist. So there's a veteran who killed this Air Force veteran dentist, explains motive, and is sentenced to 40 years in prison. This is a crazy story from a few months ago, but now we finally have more answers. Three days after a popular Newport News dentist, Dr. William Bill Trollenberg, was gunned down outside his office in 2019, police arrested Kelly Michael Vance in the killing. The evidence was not in doubt. Vance was captured on video shooting Trollenberg as he lay on the ground. But a crucial question remained. Why? People were speculating. Did they know each other? Were they in some kind of business together? Did something bad happen at the dentist office? Was somebody rude to him? Was this guy just crazy? Was this dentist targeted? We have more answers now. I don't know if they'll bring peace to the family, but we have more. The men had no known connections, and Trollenberg still had his wallet and $251 in cash on him. Understanding the motive was so important to Trollenberg's family that prosecutors agreed in April to reduce the charge from first-degree murder to second-degree advance would say why he killed the 65-year-old dentist. This reduced his penalty from life to 40 years. Vance, 45 years old, explained the reason publicly for the first time during his sentencing hearing last Friday. He killed Trollenberg after asking him for money. This is unbelievably sad. After a six-hour hearing, Newport News Circuit Court Judge Brian Sugg sentenced Vance to 40 years in prison. The details are pretty stunning. Vance, who's a retired Navy petty officer, had been lying to a woman he was dating for more than a year. He told her he worked at Newport News Shipbuilding, but he actually wasn't working at all. So he's a retired petty officer, which typically means you're a dirtbag. Let me rethink that. Let me rethink that. Maybe not a dirtbag. If you're a retired petty officer, like you did 20 years in the Navy and retired as a petty officer, the question on everybody's mind is, why didn't you make chief? It could be NJP. It could be evals. It could be fitness reports or, I mean, physical fitness failures. It could be a number of things. It could be, you know, too many NJPs when you were a young, young, you know, sailor. But typically, I, I take that, I take what I said about dirtbag back, but typically if you retire as a, with 20 years in the Navy as a petty officer, there's something something up there. So he was lying to this girl he was dating, saying he had a job when actually he had no job at all. So so he's a current dirtbag. This guy is a current dirtbag at the time of this uh, at the time of this um, uh, killing. He also promised that he would help pay for a trip to Germany with her and her family scheduled for the day after the shooting, even though he didn't have money for the trip or a passport. So he had gotten himself into quite a pickle where he said he would basically fund what had to have been a $5,000 trip at a minimum, and then he didn't have any money. He also didn't have a way out of the country. So he was in a pinch. He woke up in an off mood on June 19th, 2019, and began driving around, ending up at Anderson's Showplace, a large Jefferson Avenue store that sells everything from flowers to home decorations. I thought maybe a good Samaritan would help me out, he said. This is all signs of some severe mental illness going on. He would ask a stranger for a loan. 
Then he walked a bit down Jefferson Avenue and came across Trollenberg's business, Deer Park Dental. I never even knew of the practice until I walked by, he said. Inside the dental office, Vance and Trollenberg came out of a side office and asked if he needed help. That was the first time he had ever seen Trollenberg, who went out of his way to be nice to this guy. Even Vance says he said hello and seemed like a nice person. He got information about what insurance the dentist took, which is was reported from the um, the person working at the desk, the receptionist, when this first happened. Apparently looked at a brochure for a while, asked about insurance, and then went back outside, where it was pouring rain. Pouring rain, he just sits there waiting for Trollenberg to come back out. He thinks this guy's a dentist. He probably has money. He'll give me the money. Trollenberg was backing out of a parking spot in his black BMW when Vance knocked on his window and asked if he could talk with him. Because Trollenberg was such a nice guy, this retired Air Force dentist that everybody loved, he invited him in to the passenger seat to get out of the rain, Vance testified. Vance doesn't remember what he said next, but he said Trollenberg, he told Trollenberg that he was a military veteran down on his luck and asked him if he could borrow two to three thousand dollars. So imagine this scenario. Let's recap really quick. You are uh you are a hardworking dentist, retired Air Force guy, personable guy. It's pouring rain. Somebody comes up to you in distress, you invite them into your car. They tell you they're a veteran and ask you for $3,000. That's a pretty tough situation. Like that would put me on edge to be, to be sure, to be sure. Trollenberg says, I don't have that kind of money. Said something about how things would get worked out. Vance said Trollenberg then put a hand on his thigh. Not really sure what that implies or means uh, in an aggressive way or just in like a, Hey, I'm a friend here to talk kind of way. But Vance says, I didn't like that, and I reacted to being touched. That caused him to pull out a handgun and aim it at the dashboard. So that was, uh, normal people don't walk around with a handgun. But he says he carried it because Newport News was so dangerous, he needed it. He got angry, Vance said of the dentist. He said, what are you going to do, shoot me? Go ahead and shoot me. That's what he said the dentist said next. Vance said then he turned and shot Trollenberg in the head once. He still doesn't know why he did it, but the dentist was not fatally struck at that point. He managed to open the driver's side door and fall to the ground. The report here says if Vance had simply left at that point, Trollenberg would have survived that gunshot. But Vance got out of the car, walked around to the other side. Trollenberg put his hands up in defense. Vance then took that movement, the defending himself movement as a threat, and shot him again to the head, which killed him. Video footage shows Vance fleeing the scene and a neighbor trying to get help. So this happened for absolutely no reason. Then when Vance gets home, because he's a real sick guy, he falsely told his girlfriend he was robbed of his wallet, passport, and other items after work. The next day, he drove family members and his girlfriend to the airport for their trip. So this is totally sick. He was arrested not long after. Trollenberg, a little bit about him from upstate New York, owned and operated Deer Park Dental since 2001. Retired as the chief of dental surgery at Langley Air Force Base following a 20-year military career. And he had been a Navy pilot before going into dentistry. So quite an quite a established guy. Quite a diverse career. Several of Trollenberg's family members and friends testified at the lengthy sentencing hearing, sharing fond, mem- fond memories and photos, that he, saying he was gregarious and caring, loved experiencing new people and cultures, and boating on local waterways. His family said he was just the nicest guy, making friends everywhere he went. When he traveled overseas with his family, he 
quickly made friends with local, you know, entrepreneurs and businesses and just had a great time wherever he went. He, uh, he couldn't have been more liked, um, according to his family and friends. Vance, on the other hand, Vance, on the other hand, uh, has had several past marriages being filled with lies and deceit. The prosecutor called him a compulsive liar. Vance hadn't talked to or seen his kids in more than 10 years. He spent 20 years in the Navy retiring uh, as a first-class petty officer, but records show he was kicked out of the service on submarines for lacking the moral courage to do the right thing regardless of circumstances. So he lost his, his position as a submariner, basically, and he ended up perce- proceeding to his retirement uh, and just cashing out. Before being sentenced, Vance apologized to Trollenberg's family, saying that from testimony from the dentist's family, he seemed like an awesome guy who he'd want to go out and get a beer with. What a sick thing to say. What an absolutely despicable, what a POS this guy is. I hate this guy. I do. He said, I'm sorry to Dr. Trollenberg's family and friends for everything I put them through. I destroyed their family every day. I think about my actions. After sentencing, Kristen Trollenberg said the family was relieved and pleased, though the family doesn't believe everything about Vance's story. She said the 40-year term can help the family heal a little bit, knowing that the person who did it was caught and uh, and prosecuted and found guilty and sentenced to 40 years. They admitted guilt. Um, they don't quite believe everything from that story. Neither do I. It sounds uh, like half-truths to cover his own butt a little bit, make him look a little bit better in the public eye. Although there's no doing that. You're just a total POS, Vance, and uh, and I hope you rot in prison for those 40 years. That's what I think. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comments. Sick. Sick. 40 years, you guys. 40 years. Um, Dave Cool, great to see you in the, in the chat. And yes, Volatus. Volatus. Volatius. Owned by a former fighter pilot. Yes, Volatius. Uh, V-O-L-A-T-I-U-S. That's the winery that I was thinking of. Dave, in the clutch with a life-saving save there. That's a life-saving save, by the way. That's a real one. Volatus. That's the one. I'd be on edge if someone knocked on my window while I was pouring rain asking for help. Yeah, I would not I would not let somebody in. Knowing the way that the world is now, I wouldn't, there's no way I would let somebody in my car. I would, it would, I would never do it. I would never do it. Uh, wouldn't do it. So, Volatus, Volatus, uh, V-O-L-A-T-U-S is that winery, Volatus Winery in Paso Robles. Go check it out. Um, crazy. That's sad. That is sad. Harry Lion Pie says, shoots a guy in the head twice and wants to have a beer with them. Yeah, that's a really sick thing to say. That guy's not well. That guy is not well. Um, okay. We're going to turn it all around though. We're going to turn it all around with two good things, uh, a fun story here. And then we're going to do a reaction to a brand new movie trailer from Netflix, which is awesome. So let's do this. Let's jump over here and let's have a fun story so I can get you guys out of here on time. This is a good one. A a W we need a W right now. Veterans win helicopter back. (laughs) It's a great headline after it was taken from VFW post in Alexander County. A group of veterans in Alexander County has won a court battle over an antique helicopter. The veterans refurbished a Vietnam-era helicopter at their post in south of Taylorsville, but they say it was taken from their property one day without their permission. Channel 9 Local News' Dave Faraday has closely followed every development in the case. He found out they're hoping to have it back at the VFW post in Taylorsville by next weekend, but to get to this point, they had to go to court, where their attorney says the judge sided with them. 
photo of the helicopter here, an old medic helicopter. Looks like a that a Huey, right? The veterans want the families across the area to see that military chopper up close, so they kept it at their post. But one morning, they said the man who donated it took it right off their property and back to Montgomery County. Dale Chapman served during Vietnam. He showed Faraday where the UH-1 Huey helicopter was sitting when it was taken from the VFW in spring 2020. It hurt us quite a bit because we spent a lot of time, Chapman said. Two years later, a victory in court will bring the chopper back. The veterans showed Faraday where the helicopter was sitting when it was taken from the VFW. It was donated in 2018, and they spent more than nine months refurbishing it. So they, this guy gave it up. He said, oh, the thing looks way better now that somebody put some work into it. I think that's actually mine again. That's not how that works. They collected parts from the North Carolina Forestry, the Army Aviation Museum in Atlanta, and the Vietnam Pilots Association in North Carolina. They shared photos with the news of their hard work taking the helicopter to parades over the next year and a half, and then suddenly, it's gone. He was wrong. He was wrong when he took it, said Vietnam veteran Bill Johnson. He knew he was wrong. This man would not have wanted that helicopter back if we had not fixed it up, Chapman said. I agree. That sounds about right. The veterans say Jim Henry was the person who donated it. When Faraday called him Friday, he said he had no comment. A judge ruled in the veterans' favor, ordering Henry to give the helicopter back to them. I was so ticked when she said that, ordered it back to us, that somebody fought for the veterans in the county, said Iraq veteran Terry Harrington. Oh, tickled. He says, I was so tickled that somebody fought for the veterans in the county. I guess, you know, it was veteran versus veteran, so somebody's got to lose there. I sure am ready to go to court, and they ain't going to win, Henry told Channel 9 this earlier this year. They're going to spend a bunch of money for nothing. First of all, they got nothing in writing. The veterans are hoping once they get the helicopter back to be able to take it to parades across the area. The first event may be the Apple Festival in Taylorsville in October. So good for these folks. I'm glad they were able to get their helicopter back. Good for them, you know, fighting that good fight, fixing that thing up, and sharing the legacy of the Vietnam War and the people who fought there with their town folk. Seems like an area where they would describe themselves as town folk. So good luck to them out in Alexander County, Taylorsville. Shout out to you guys. Great work. Bravo Zulu. Absolutely scuttlebutt worthy. Good for them. Good for them. Ah. Volatus wine doesn't, I don't know about where they ship. Doesn't ship to New Jersey. That's sad. Um, that's sad. Uh, glad someone gets what they worked for back. Yeah. All right, guys. We're near the end of this episode. It's Tuesday, September 6th. Tomorrow, Apple's going to announce my new phone. And I can't wait. I'm really excited about that. In the meantime, Netflix had their an announcement of their own, announcing a brand new reboot, which you got to love reboots, of a classic, classic military saga. You guys ready for this? I don't even think you're ready. Netflix is remaking All Quiet on the Western Front, and they just dropped the trailer. We're going to react to it. All Quiet on the Western Front, a very not pro-military, not, you know, a great story of, of the glory of war, but more of the horror of it about World War I that was made into a movie in, I believe, 1930. It's going to have a brand new version coming out on Netflix, and it's premiering September 12th at the Toronto Film Festival, TIFF, Toronto International Film Festival. From the start, it's clear this is not your typical war movie. Images of the fresh-faced soldiers excitedly marching to the front, cross-cut with shots of violence and terror. We're going to watch the trailer right now. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be, uh, let's see, it's going to be in Germany on September 29th, in the UK on October 14th, and in the U.S. starting with an exclusive engagement in New York's Paris Theater on October 7th. 
worldwide, all theaters, October 14th, and on Netflix, October 28th. So you have to wait less than two months to see this movie. Let's check out the brand new trailer for Netflix's All Quiet on the Western Front. October 28th. That looks really intense. All Quiet on the Western Front is one of the most classic war stories of all time. I believe it focuses on the German uh, army in World War I in the trenches. And uh, that's going to be absolutely insane. I watch a lot of American and English films, as we all do. And I occasionally there's a war movie or even an anti-war movie among them, and I find them extremely entertaining, but I feel like they never show my perspective. The perspective I have as a German, Berger tells The Hollywood Reporter, not that of America that saved Europe from fascism or England, which was attacked and drawn into a war against her will, whose soldiers returned home, certainly traumatized and psychologically broken, but celebrated as heroes. Where the war is an event that enters the national psyche as something that the society is in part proud of, for us it's the exact opposite. In our national psyche, there is nothing but guilt, horror, and destruction. All Quiet on the Western Front, exploring the true horror of war in what was one of some of the worst fighting that any humans have ever seen in the trenches of World War I, will be out again. That's October 28th. What do you guys think? Are you excited to see it? Do you think Netflix is going to be smart by purchasing this film and uh, distributing it? Or do you think it's going to be a, a failure of a modern retelling of a classic? You let me know in the comments down below. When that movie comes out, we'll do a review of it. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. We'll see. We will see. Time will tell. Um, that looks pretty intense. Very intense. Oh, it scares me thinking about that kind of stuff, like trench warfare, uh, fighting hand-to-hand -hand with old weapons 
you know, fighting for your lives in those trenches in horrible conditions. I don't know. I don't know. There are people fighting in similar conditions in Ukraine, Sam says. It's scary. It's a scary thought. Robert Mingle, I've not seen the new Lord of the Rings show. Uh, of course, Lord of the Rings is based on World War One, so I'm not sure how uh, if we'll see any of that, you know, crossover um, or anything that we're familiar with from Mordor in uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Harry says, I think it's good. Nuggets, nice way to end the stream. Truly shows how far war has come. It's a great film. We'll see. We will see. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today. I have a lot of work to do for the show. I need to change the intro and outro to represent the new time and schedule that we're on, as well as all of our new members and patrons and things like that. Thank you all for the support. It means the world to me. It really does. Crazy stories today. I feel horrible for the Trollenberg family and, uh, and everyone who's been affected by crime and corruption, but there's reason to be happy. There are still privates out there stealing campers from their first sergeants. So we do have something to rejoice in. So with all that being said, I look forward to talking to you guys very soon. For now, folks, that's the scuttlebutt.